Hey, Harriet. Hi, Ethan. Welcome back to episode two of our podcast. Uh, This one took us a little longer than we thought. We actually had to re-record a few times because we really want to get episode two right. Because just like in dating, date two is the most important date. So when you go on the first date, you don't really know the person. So if they agree to go on a second date with you, um, you can't take it personal, good or bad. If they say no to a second date, like they didn't know you, so it's not personal. They say yes, it's also not really personal because they didn't know you. But if they say no to a third date, they kind of got to check you out a little bit. They got to know you and they said, not for me. So we really wanted to get this right. And it's teaching us a lot about how a podcast is a process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we wanted to get it right for our 10 listeners. <laughs> um, you know, it's really funny because we actually have listeners from like literally every age group. Three people in between the ages of 60 and 65 listened last week. Fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, on that note, we're also going to collaborate with Christine, our opera singing friend, to make a jingle for the next episode. And um, we finally settled on a theme for our podcast, um, which is going to be a lesson a week. Um, so it's kind of going to be like a Sex in the City style where all four characters learn the same lesson, but in different ways, um, but through Ethan and R and my life. Yeah. So Harriet, what have you learned this week? So this week, I it started off not so strong. I was supposed to have a visitor from out of state um this man at another school but then he for the very valid reasons can't like couldn't make it Mm. but um i when i found out the text i texted ethan and i was like this is so crazy i'm never talking to him again like we've been planning this for weeks and then i spoke (laughs) to and obviously ethan what was your reaction yeah i was like oh my god like he sucks i was thumbs downing that text i was like never talk to him again you know but then all it took was for me to speak to um this other person who was like well it feels very similar to something that happened like you're probably just feeling this way because it's something that happened to you in the past like this this thing happening in like january 2022 and that i would she felt like i was imposing that situation on this new person yeah so i guess the lesson is to not tell yourself negative stories from the past and just to learn from the past as opposed to um, live within it yeah that's so true like you can kind of like never grow up by just never learning the lesson from something but i think that you can very much grow from that negative past experience rather than assuming that the present is informed by the past mm-hmm. um on that note i i kind of had to unlearn something really similar this semester but for me it was kind of the stories i told myself about myself mm-hmm. so as i've told you many times harriet i particularly in my sophomore and junior year, felt so lost at Columbia. And every day I would wake up and just have this feeling that I wasn't doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. Like everything that I wanted to do completely misaligned with what I was supposed to be doing. And I also didn't know what I was supposed to be doing. So it was this really ambiguous and never-ending cycle of feeling lost. And that was a story I told myself. Even though if you actually look at what I was doing day to day, I was always active in doing things, but... The narrative that I told myself is, I'm lost, I don't know what I want to do with my life, I don't know why I'm here. And when I got to senior year, I sort of realized that I could either graduate and feel like the story of my time at Columbia was a little bit, at times, miserable, or I could be happy. And either way, I was going to get the same degree as everyone else. Like, I need to be... graduation is coming. Yeah, it is. It will be over soon, so you... It might as well be positive. Exactly. And so what I've kind of been doing over senior year is changing the stories I've been telling myself. So I started off with 
this really negative and pessimistic narrative of feeling lost and I've changed that very much to telling myself positive stories of the truth is I kind of know what I want to do and I know what I want to do even on a daily basis and in the long term Mm -hmm. and so just by changing those stories that I tell myself on a day-to-day basis and in a long-term basis has completely changed my mindset and my ability to achieve things but also like my own personal happiness and contentment on a day-to-day basis yeah no it's so true you have to be your own biggest cheerleader because it's yeah. so true. no one else really cares about you that's what my mom said yeah. before i started college she was like no one cares no one cares and it's it is quite freeing but it, it is you have to like pay attention to the stories you tell yourself because otherwise you end up in this place where like it's not like high school where your teachers are checking in to make sure you did this this on time yeah like your college professors they don't care if you hand things in they don't no. care that you're exercising they don't care that you're happy no um well maybe they do but yeah they don't have to you know? it's really all on you and like you said about the cheerleader thing like if you're not your biggest advocate in any setting, in a social setting, in the classroom, in work, no one cares. Like, yeah. everyone is more selfish than we think. Um, do you remember that whole trend with, like, main character syndrome or something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. I, I think everyone has it, but main character syndrome itself proves that it's own unproductivity. Yeah. Because if we're all spending so much time thinking about ourselves, we really don't have time to think about other people. Yeah. And therefore, like, you aren't the main character. They're not mm-hmm. thinking about you. Like, yeah, you're the main character in your own, like, alone time in your own life. But really, in any social setting, in any business setting, in any classroom setting, no one cares. Yeah, no, truly. And I think um, one way that you can prepare yourself for and create your dream life and learn how to advocate yourself is taking stock of what you've achieved before but also thinking about not like realistic goals because I think you should have ones that are extreme but I, I always come back to the idea of Oprah's dream board yeah where you um you know you put things and like if you could have anything as your life you put yeah. them down on a piece of paper and then you kind of work backwards from that and then it suddenly becomes so much more realistic yeah that no that's so true I actually started um I don't know if I showed you this yet, but I've started kind of vision boarding on my wall this semester. I have 10 goals in little pieces of paper on the wall above my desk. And every day I just try to check something off to achieve, honestly, all 10 of those things. Like an example is this semester, I want to go to the gym five times a week. And so I have like each day of the week and then each week and I check off as I go. Mm -hmm. And then even things as simple as um, I... I want to try to meditate every day. And I've started that in the last week. I actually have to present about meditation for one of my classes, so I really do have to do it. But I want to check it off every day. And then that kind of helps me visualize the moment that I wake up and look at my desk, um, exactly what I should be doing that day. And I've kind of come to change the narrative of this is what I want to do too. Yeah, I feel like because of vision boarding and being really intentional about the way I live my day-to-day in service of my future mm-hmm. has allowed kind of like what I want to do and what I should be doing to intersect. Yeah. And that's a great feeling. And also there's something to be said about just learning to be happy wherever you are. Yeah. I think that comes up a lot. I, I think I spend a lot of the time like you in college feeling very lost and like I didn't really have a good grip on what my future would be like and then I kind mm-hmm. of like wasted away a couple of semesters like stressing about yes. the future when actually I was like I could have been happy in the present and I feel like yeah. things would still be the way they are right now yeah but, I think both you and I are two people who had the issue of being a little bit result oriented rather than process oriented mm-hmm. like I think that I could kind of 
honestly, throughout almost the entirety of college, visualized glimpses of what I did want long term. Mm-hmm. But I had no idea of like exactly what I should be doing in the day to day. So I just didn't really try. Yeah. When in reality, for any goal, it's just chipping away at it, whether it's mm-hmm. sending an email or whether it's like practicing something for like three hours that day like every day just do something towards it yeah and take a break too you know no, like it's, yeah it's so true yeah but i'm also feeling like with graduation so soon kind of restless to get things going anymore like i think there's things that used to make me happy or were fun in college aren't, yeah. aren't that fun anymore yeah i think we're just growing up yeah you know like i no longer really want to be out till no like 5 a.m i love yeah. sleeping mm-hmm. i just love Nine nine hours. Yeah. I do. I like reading a lot. I like... I mean, don't get me wrong. I like going out, but the only way it's fun for me is if it's a special occasion. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I'll always celebrate a birthday. I'll never miss that, but I don't want to on just like a random Friday night mm-hmm. be going out in the town, spending a lot of money, staying out really late, exhausting myself and ruining my next day because I think the mindset change that I've had this year is actually there's not enough time to do all the things that I do want to do. Yeah. And, and you got to pick one and be really good at it. Yeah. I think you can pick a few things, actually. You can pick one big thing and you can pick other smaller things, too, but that has to come at the expense of maybe going out or yeah. spending your time at a party, you know? And also... Like, even with health stuff, like, you can do things that are fun in service of your health. Like, I went through that core power phase last year, and I just grew to hate it, but I felt like I had to do it. The moment I switched to something else, I was like, wait, I forgot that it was fun at the beginning for me as well. Yeah. Like, with health and exercise, like, it should only be fun. It really should only be fun. I mean, it's the same thing we were saying before with results versus process. Like, when you work out for the health benefits and because you just feel good mentally and physically, um you're much more likely to actually show up to the gym versus when it's you want to get that six pack or you want to look a certain way and you want to show up to the beach in that outfit whatever it is Mm -hmm. you know i think that so much of life is just like both chipping away at it but then also like do things that make you feel good like have a purpose with it yeah no purpose is um so So important yeah but um, I just want to mention something funny Ethan told me last week. He doesn't wear headphones. <laughs> I got flamed for that by the listeners of this podcast. Um, actually, my best friend Miro, he called me a noise polluter. Um, oh <laughs> um, fair. I'll consider it. But Harriet, um, in not listening to as much music ever since I kind of manically just threw out my headphones, I think that's songs are the number one stories we tell ourselves yeah so true and we listen to so much sad music you and i yeah i mean i think the iconic one is the taylor swift 10 minute all too well yeah because we wanted to relate to that so bad so bad but But we don't but we don't and you know what i think we're both like it comes down to us being like lyrics people yeah and yeah but unfortunately we do not but we made ourselves sad for no reason by trying to relate to this song so much. Yes, we really did. Yeah. And we spent 10 minutes of our days. Yeah. We could have been chipping away at those goals, exactly. pretending that we have a Jake Gyllenhaal in our lives. And we don't. Yeah, we don't. And we never, we never did. did. We, never <laughs> did. <laughs> we never were the 20-year-old dating the 30-year-old. Yeah. We just weren't. And yeah. I think that um, I think that an example, though, of like where you can kind of make music really happy and pleasurable is when you take a song and then make it a narrative that is a positive story for yourself. Mm. So that makes me think of what we also told them last week with August. Yeah. So if you don't know, August by Taylor Swift, released during the pandemic, it's like, I think probably a fan favorite song Mm. of her entire discography. But 
really what it is at the end of the day is about this teenage love triangle and August itself is the cheating within that teenage love triangle. So it's a really, it's a beautiful song, but it's very, there's a lot of melancholy. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, we one day decided a year after we met that like August was going to be our friendship song because we met in August. So cute. And Ethan showed me Taylor Swift. Yeah. Um, And I'm so grateful. Exactly. So like, even with songs, I think be careful about your playlists. Yeah. Because, you know, if you're waking up in the morning and the first thing you do, which is something like again, like I did this until recently, is just listen to, you know, Lana Del Rey or like yeah. anything sad. I mean, it's great music for to listen to sometimes, but don't let that seep into your brain. Yeah. Like tell yourself a positive story to start that day. Yeah. Maybe that means listening to no music. Maybe it means listening to this podcast. Um, Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Um you know who tells really positive stories to herself? A character that we also have once thought we were. Is it Suvek? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so curious if like the middle is as relevant as it is to our lives, to our podcast listeners. You I know, because I really, really, it was such a big point. Because I, you know, when I watched it uh-huh. during COVID, wow, and I was. I felt like I was devastated when I finished it. Me too. It's a devastating show to finish because it really is one of those shows that you watch and you feel like you're part of the Heck family. So every Wednesday growing up, probably from the time that I was like nine years old, like the show has been on for a while until I was 17 actually, um, my family would just watch The Middle together. It's only like a 20 minute show and we'd watch The Middle and Modern Family back to back as a family. And like, we love the Heck family. Yeah. And... For context, what the middle is about is it's set like in, I think, maybe it's like fictional, the exact town, but like it's supposed to be the middle of the middle of America. And then Sue Heck is the middle child of that middle family. Mm -hmm. And she's kind of just like very average at everything she does, leaning towards bad. But she tries so hard and tells herself the most positive stories. And by the end, she's a really happy ending. Yeah, she wins because she tells herself positive stories. She gets the guy, she gets the job, she gets the life. She gets honestly like everything that she ever dreamed about by for years toiling and struggling and just telling herself positive stories. Yeah. And I think that resilience is so important and that's how you build yeah. it is by working your way to goal that yes. isn't going to be instant. She's her own biggest cheerleader. Yeah. Truly. I mean to the point of when she didn't make the cheerleading squad, she starts something called the wrestlerettes which is like in <laughs> A new thing where you're a cheerleading or a wrestling cheerleader. Yeah. When she the no cut cross country team, she broke her leg the day before tryouts, and all you have to do is just like run two miles around the track to make the team. Mm-hmm. She does the entire thing in crutches. It takes her like six hours, yeah. but like the entire school comes out there and is like cheering for her. Yeah. It starts thunderstorming on her. She doesn't give up. She, she never gives up. up. I probably her second biggest cheerleader is Brad though. Yeah. Probably. Oh my but God, Sue and Brad. Sue and Brad. <laughs> Ethan and I, we I once did a poll on my Instagram story whether we were Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky or whether we were Brad and Sue. We're Brad and Sue. And everyone said we're Brad and Sue. Yeah, we we really are though. Which at the time I think we would have taken as an insult, but now it's a the great compliment. We've learned, yes. Yeah. No, truly, at the time we were like, oh, them, but now mm-hmm. we're like, wait, they're the winners of the show. Yeah. 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 Um. That kind of brings us to next week too. Yeah, next week we'll be talking about the defining decade. Um, so if you want to kind of participate with us, uh, please read it. Who's it by? Dr. Megan J. Yes. Yeah. Honestly, like, let's do it in a way that they don't have to read it to listen mm-hmm. to. Okay. So read it if you want. It's a really quick read. I think it's only like 170 pages. But it goes by so Just quickly. like that. Yeah. Changed my life. Recommended to me by multiple people, including 
my roommate Cam and my sister, and I read it over winter break. And reading that book made me be like, okay, like my twenties start now that I finished the book. Yeah. And I think I think I've been delaying finishing. Yeah. But um, the I think we should call the episode "How to Not Do Your Twenties." How to define your decade. How to define your decade, but also how to not define your decade. Because I feel like because I feel like that's the book is mostly about how to not do things. Like they show you these case studies. Yeah. And you just think we're doing so much better than them. We really are, and I think I think on that note of what next week's episode can be about is like we can not to be self-deprecating because we want to be our own biggest cheerleaders but boy do harriet and i have some stories of how to not do your 20s yes (laughs) (laughs) um so tune in next week and we love you for listening we love you for listening